you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. Uh, DJ here with you. Bucky is, uh, is grinding away as we get ready for the scouting combine. Um, today's episode, something we do on a yearly basis, I have a conference call. Um, with the media where we uh, talk about everything as we head towards the combine uh, related to prospects and teams and uh, and all that good stuff so a little bit of a marathon we've we've condensed it down and pulled out some of uh, some of what we felt was interesting content we'll see I'll let you be the judge of that but uh, uh, anyways let's get right to it here's my conference call with the media ahead of the NFL scouting combine our first question comes from Dave Burkett Dave you may ask your question hey DJ uh, always appreciate your time um, on these um, just hoping you can help me sort of sort through, you know, Kyle Hamilton, fantastic prospect, obviously, but maybe the value of drafting a safety at number two for a team like the Lions under what circumstances, I guess, would you would you take that over, you know, a, a Hutchinson or a Thibodeau or one of those pass rushers if they're there and, and just, you know, maybe your thoughts on him in general, too. Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. It's good to hear your voice, David. To me, there's a there is a real debate going on around the league about just how high you take safeties. I'm a little more biased in favor of them, um, you know, calling the Charger games for the last four years and 
seeing every game that Derwin James has played there and the impact that position can make and, and think back to my time with the Baltimore Ravens and seeing what Ed Reed can do. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with the conventional wisdom on that of, of how high you take a safety. I think this kid's pretty unique. He's, he's so tall and, and long and rangy. Um, you know, the ability to make plays from the deep middle as well as to drop down and play down low and be a physical player. He can erase tight ends. Um, you know, the tight end or the interception against Florida State's as good as it gets. Um, and I think from a makeup standpoint, and I haven't got all of the background information on him, but when you watch him cover punts as a gunner and see how hard he plays, um, you know, I, I think this guy checks all those boxes. And in a draft like this one, where to me, Hutchinson is my is my top player, but after Hutchinson, you know, if Hutchinson's off the board and he's gone and he goes one, I, I would have no issues whatsoever with them taking Kyle Hamilton and saying, this is a plug and play guy who's going to give them something they desperately need. And that's somebody that can make a play. Um, so in, in a, in a different draft, and maybe you had some guys that were, um, you know, a different level of grades and you could say, okay, well, I'll, I'll lean towards the edge rusher positional value, all that stuff. But I think Kyle Hamilton stacks up really well with everybody in this draft. Next question comes from D Orlando Ledbetter. Hey, Dan, you know, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Um, no, no problem. Yeah, um, just uh, want to get your um, assessment of uh, uh, the top Georgia guys that, uh, you know, we're seeing in a lot of first rounds. Uh, Dean, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, and uh, Wyatt, Monte Wyatt. Yeah, there's a bunch of them, the man. Defenders. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of them. I, I just, uh, I have everything kind of set up to give you a peek behind the curtain. Everything's set up in my Excel sheet. When I get to Georgia, I have to like really scroll to get to all my notes because there's so many of those guys. But um, I'll, I'll go through them here one by one. Nicobe Dean, um, you know, I, I remember Vilma when he first came into the league. And I remember, you know, during the scouting process and some of the people had concerns about size or this, that, or the other. And the guy was just dripping with instincts. Everything was so natural to him. He saw things and, and was two steps ahead of everybody on the field. Uh, that's who Nicobe Dean reminds me of. When you talk about the, you know, the center of your defense and having that intelligence, the toughness, the leadership, he's got all that stuff in spades. So um, I think he's outstanding. He can he can cover. You see him mirror backs. He's a real crafty blitzer. You know, I, when my notes, I just said, this guy does everything fast. Like there's nothing he does that isn't fast. And so, you know, I he's he's probably the greatest greatest disparity in terms of how I have a guy graded and where I have him going, because I can't get a feel for where he's going to go in the in the first round. He's a top 10 player for me. But I know in talking to a lot of teams, teams are obsessed with trying to find the longer, rangier off the ball linebackers. They're looking for Darius Leonard. They're looking for Fred Warner. And I think some of that kind of dings Nakobe because he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that size and length. So I'm curious to see where he goes, but uh, I'll bet on him. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Um, Trevon Walker um, is one that I think I upset the majority of the New York Giant fan base by giving uh, him to the Giants in this uh, latest mock draft. And I wasn't I wasn't trolling. I legit think this dude's got a chance to go all the way up there. Um, he's going to go to the combine and from what I was told from, from what he was doing at Georgia, you know, he's going to be six, five, anywhere from 265 to 275 pounds. He's probably going to have close to 35 inch arms, which is ridiculously long. And he's going to run in the low four sixes. So he literally is a, he's a special, special athlete. And when you watch him on tape at Georgia, I know some people will point to the pressure percentage numbers, 
um, or, you know, the past production and, and, and be a little disappointed. But when you study him and you see how tight his alignments are there and what he's asked to do, they don't loosen him up on the edge and just let him go. Like I, I think an NFL team is going to give him that opportunity. Um, and I think you're going to see a really, really good player. But this is somebody when you're talking to GMs and personnel directors, you know, on an almost daily basis, this guy's name comes up every day. Like this guy's got a lot of love around the league and he's going to go a lot higher than people anticipate. Um, so I'm a fan of his game uh, bonus on him. If you want to see one of the better plays in this draft, go watch what he does against Florida when he drops in coverage and, and uh, tips a ball up in the air that gets picked off. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, Jordan Davis. Um, is, a, I would say, a pretty polarizing player from uh, from folks around the league. Obviously, he's a giant. He's enormous. Um, he, he's really got some knockback to him um, as, as a pass rusher. He's got some sneaky quickness to go along with that. Um, he's got range against the run. Uh, the big question on him was, you know, can, how much can you play him and how big is his gas tank? In that first Alabama game, um, you know, that that – bothered some folks because you thought he got really gassed out. They went with a little tempo, kept him on the field and gassed him out. But, um, you know, I ha- I think he goes somewhere in the 10 to 20 range in-, in this draft just because he's such a unique, such a unique player because of the size. Um, you know, he's a, yeah, he's an interesting one. Uh, I'll go to the next one in, in uh, Devontae Wyatt. He's going to put on a show at the combine as well. I mean, he's, he's a freak. He was dominant at the senior bowl. Super, super twitched up. Um, so he's he's going to be 300 plus pounds. And he's going to run in probably like the four eights or something like that. He's he's going to go flying up the board because everybody's trying to find interior pass rushers. Uh, Quay Walker can play off the ball. He can play over the tight end. Real physical. He's got tremendous range. I think he probably goes in the second round uh, would be my guess in this draft. And then Seen is just a real physical safety. He's a great run support player. Um, plays with a lot of speed. I think his his thing is going to be in coverage. You know, you can see him in coverage. There's sometimes he gets beat by tight ends, and um, that's a little bit of the concern there. But you love the temperament and how he plays. Next question comes from Arnie Stapleton. I was wondering if you could speak to um, the effect that 2021 is going to have on 2022. And I know last year we spoke about how there was, you know, about a third as many prospects in the pool. So the pool of uh, – candidates for the draft was was shallow this year you know are we seeing what we expected that there's going to be value in round six and seven and also if you could kind of speak to kind of the return of the cluster busting or or the group Mm -hmm. think with the return of the combine and so how is that going to all kind of affect this year's draft yeah i mean the last year was definitely unique um you know not having the combine and I, th- I think when you look at what we anticipated last year, it's it's kind of interesting because, yes, we do have – I think it's going to be a good day three when you get into round six and seven. I think there is some good depth there. I don't think it's quite what everybody expected, though, and I think part of that has to do with the, the extra year that all these guys still have um, that wanted to go back. I think we saw a decent number of guys do that. And talking to college coaches around, around the uh, country, I know there's some frustration with – Um, you know, trying to get your arms around the NIL stuff. But one of the things it's done is I think it's allowed them to keep some players that maybe would have have come out in other years. So I think maybe the the huge wave of of numbers we thought we'd see this year, I don't know that it's necessarily there for those reasons. Um, The combine being back, though, um, you know, 
yeah, it's back, but I don't know that every organization is sending their full allotment of people like they normally would. I know, you know, some people are coming in for a little bit and then leaving. Um, so, you know, some of the group think stuff that would go on in years past, I don't know if we'll have that to, uh, to that full extent, but, um, there are a lot of clusters when you talk about, you know, cluster busters in this draft and, and closely graded players. I mean, I, I've said similar things in years past, but this year, especially like the difference between the 15th player and the 60th player in this, in this draft is, is very small. Um, and the, and teams are going to have these guys in all different orders. So, um, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all comes together. Next question comes from Phil Perry. I wanted to ask you about the Patriots and maybe the potential for them to upgrade their receiver room. We talked during the season and, and you called Mac Jones a trailer with truck upside. <laughs> okay. So are there any guys in that 20 to 50 range They're they're picking at 21 and 53 that could come in right away and help Mac Jones get a little bit closer to that, that truck upside. Yeah, I think there's a ton of guys in that range. Um, the two guys I would keep an eye on with that first round pick, who I think are going to probably come off the board or right around there. Now, I say that going into the combine, knowing that uh, I'm talking about Chris Olave from Ohio State and John Dotson from Penn State. Both these guys are going to run the four threes. Um, so they're going to fly in Indy. And, you know, maybe that that helps elevate them up the board a little bit. But both those guys are pristine route runners with big time speed. Um, and I think that would give them some playmaking ability. Think about Mac and the deep ball uh, that he was able to throw in college. He, he throws a beautiful touch deep ball when you got guys that can get over the top, takeoffs, posts, uh, double moves, things like that. That That's what Olave and Jahan Dotson can do. And I think uh, Dotson, for me, I think he has the best hands in the draft. Like he really attacks the football. Um, he's got outstanding ability to adjust. He can catch it, you know, back hip, uh, above the rim, you name it, he can do it. Um, so he's a really intriguing player to me. Both these guys, I think the reason why they would be there in the 20s is because of the play strength question. You know, both both of them are going to be under 190 pounds, um, and you just wish they were a little bit physically stronger. But I think both of them, you know, they come off the board in that range. And then there's, you know, the other one in the first round. We'll see what happens with Jameson Williams from from Alabama because in in a, in a in a world where he doesn't get hurt, He's a top 10 pick, but, you know, coming off of an ACL, you'd think there'll be a full recovery there. Um, and that could end up being a man. It could be end up being a tremendous value for somebody towards the bottom of the first round. If he ends up sliding down there, um, a couple other guys that I think um, are kind of like Patriot type players, Sky Moore from Western Michigan, you know, probably going to go in the second or third round, but he's got some, you know, maybe it's just the Mac thing, but I saw some Antonio Brown traits from him when you studied him, uh, minus minus some of the newer Antonio Brown uh, info. But he's this that dude can just eat cushion. He's really dynamic and crisp. Um, the Patriots love love guys like that. He's quicker than a hiccup. Just puts guys in a blender. He's he's fun to watch. And then uh, another one I would say for an outside guy that's really starting to uh, get some some steam is Christian Watson from North Dakota State who's 6'4", 211 pounds, had an awesome week down there at the Senior Bowl, and he's going to run really fast as well. Um, and it's actually was a more fluid and smooth route runner down in Mobile than uh, than maybe you anticipated off of the tape. So it's a great wide receiver draft. I mean, I feel like we could probably just, um, you know, cut and paste the uh, the comments on wide receivers and use it for the next 20 years because the college game has given us a ton of these guys every year. Next question comes from Dave Zangaro. Dave, you may ask your question. 
Hey, DJ, I'll keep it with uh, receivers here. The Eagles have drafted one in the first round in back-to-back drafts. Is it a realistic possibility that they do it again? And if you're looking at this crop, would it make sense for them to try to draft someone that would complement Devontae Smith? Yeah, I mean, when you got three ones, I think all options are on the table. Um, you know, when you when you study Howie and, and how he operates and how that personnel department operates, you know that there's going to be at least one, if not two bigs, um, if they keep all three of those picks. So um, I would imagine you're going to see it, you know, at least one defensive lineman, uh, maybe two, or maybe it's one defensive line, one offensive line. But I think that, yeah, I think that there's a strong case to be made for one of those wide receivers. I would love uh, Garrett Wilson in there. Uh, you know, I think he's the best receiver in the draft, in my opinion. And he can do everything. He is a complete wide receiver. So, you know, we talk about the speed guys in this draft and we talk about the physical play above the rim, you know, guys. I think he gives you a little bit of both of that um, with what he can do after the catch as well. I think he'd be a he'd be a really nice compliment from just a pure, you know, size skill set standpoint. You'd say Drake London would be, a, you know, would be the kind of the. The, the power forward that they don't necessarily have there uh, opposite of Devante. So uh, I think he's, I think he's exceptional. I, again, watching the chargers and seeing what Mike Williams does. I think Drake London can, can do that stuff. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's got outstanding hands. He's got outstanding feel and instincts. Um, a lot of contested catches, which you talk to some people around the league and they celebrate it. And you talk to other people around the league and they say, Oh, it's because he can't separate. I don't know. I know the guy's big, and uh, when the ball goes up in the air, he comes down with it. So he he's a really, really intriguing player, and everything that I've been told about him from a character, competitiveness, makeup stuff, uh, it's just completely off the charts. Next question comes from John McMullen. Hey, DJ. Thanks for doing this. Um, uh, also interested in the Eagles a little bit, and if you start looking at uh, edge rushers specifically in that mid-range uh, what do you think how we might be looking for and what kind of differentiates those guys? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good group of, uh, of depth here when you get to these edge rushers and you kind of, if you go, you know, you're talking about the middle of the first round or you're talking about in the middle yeah, of the draft? middle of the first round, but basically yeah. 15, 16, 19. So that's where they're, they're starting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked about Walker already. I think he's going to be long gone by then. Um, I think the guys that you're probably going to be looking at, it's probably going to be like a Karloftis, uh, Ojabo. Um, you know, I think Jermaine Johnson's probably going to be gone by then from Florida State. He's taken off from, you know, having a really good season um, and, and uh, having a great week of practice down there in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. He's just he's probably he probably moved himself right out of the, the Eagles range there. But Karloftis is a is legitimate one. Um I know it's polarizing, I guess, uh, some in the media. Just about everybody I talk to in the NFL, though, feels like this is a real high-floor player. Um, he's. He, I wrote down in my comp that he reminded me of Kerrigan, and then you find out, obviously, they're both Purdue guys and that him and Kerrigan uh, talk, so they've, they've got a good relationship, which would be an interesting connection to the Eagles there. Um, but, you know, to give you an idea on Karloft, it's like, when the scouts went in there, they said, this guy is, they got to kick him out of the facility. He, he bought an apartment right next to the facility so he could get there all the time. And he's literally, he's just a football junkie. Um, he's a big time power rusher. Um, he just, he plays extremely hard. I know 
some people think of that as a, as a knock on somebody when you say he's got a real big motor and, and, and plays really hard. It's like you're trying to cover up for something else. But no, this guy's got some he's got some quickness. He's got some power. Um, he's just not real loose or bendy um, at the top. But I think he'll be in that mix about where they're picking. And then um, Ajabo is a fascinating one uh, at Michigan who's just really started to come on on the other side of Hutchinson. Um, he's got a big time get off. He can, he can bend better once he gets to the top of his rush than Carl Loftus. He just needs to be a little stronger, a little more consistent and, uh, and kind of earn more reps to play the run, which he didn't get a ton of there, uh, at Michigan. But I would say those are probably the names you're looking at. And then if maybe if you slid back a little bit, which Howie loves to move around. So if you slide back, now you get into a new, a new set of names. We start talking about Boye Mafe from, uh, from Minnesota, who I think could end up going. Um, he's an interesting one. And, uh, there's some other intriguing names are a little bit undersized, but are really, really good players who could play kind of a Sam, uh, for them who could drop a little bit. Um, a guy like Nick Benito could do some of those things from Oklahoma, who I think is going to, uh, probably end up going in the second round. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. 
It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Next question comes from Matt Lombardo. Hey, Daniel, how's it going, man? Good, what's up, man? Hey, um, it's no secret the Giants still need to build out that offensive line, still need to keep adding edge rushers, and it seems like the Bills consistently invested top picks along both lines when Joe Shane and Brian Dable were there. Who are some of the best fits for what they need to build at, at five and number seven, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, correct correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember. Did Buffalo take – I don't think they took a first-round offensive lineman with those guys there, did they, with with, uh, well, with Brandon and with rounds. Joe? Like, I yeah, guess, I mean, yeah. First couple rounds, yeah. Yeah, no, they they, they did that with Cody Ford and company in the, in the second round. But, um, yeah, when you look at guys that can fit them, um, they're going to value – physicality and Joe's big on that. Joe's going to be, is really big on, on character and makeup, um, competitiveness, toughness. I think Iquano would be a slam dunk if he got to them. Um, I, I don't know that he's going to get there, but if he did, I think that would be one. They probably just turn in the card. They're going to be in a tough spot though. If you know, I think everybody acknowledges they need to upgrade the offensive line for sure. But if Iquano is gone and Evan Neal is gone now, I think, you're in a tough spot, you know, Trevor Penning, it's probably early there and they have other areas they need to address with their team. So, you know, I, you know, it's easy to say they need an offensive lineman. They're taking an offensive lineman, but if it doesn't fall that way, I don't necessarily know that they're going to force it. And, you know, when you look back at the bills, they've built that offensive line to be a serviceable offensive line and they've done it without a first round pick. There's other picks in the draft um, to be able to go and address that. And, I, you know, it kind of gets to the to the philosophy on how you build an offensive line, which I think has changed. I think it was just a few years ago, you know, when the Cowboys had the best offensive line in the league and it was all these first round picks. And, OK, you got to dedicate all these resources and, you know, high value picks to your offensive line to now, hey, your offensive line is as good as your worst player. So, you know, you don't need five Tony Baselli's. You just can't have any tomato cans out there. Um, and you can build that in the middle rounds. You can find really good offensive linemen in the second and third round. Um, I went back and looked up the last five Super Bowl teams. So if you look up the last five Super Bowl teams, that's Super Bowl winning teams. That's 25 starting offensive linemen. Of the 25 starting offensive linemen, three of them were homegrown first round picks. So it's four, four of them were day two picks, seven were day three picks, one was an undrafted free agent, and 10 were veterans that were acquired 
uh, in free agency or via trade. So there's you can build an offensive line without using all your first round picks to do it. And that's that's why I, I think the Giants are in an interesting spot. If those top two guys are gone, I don't know. They necessarily need to force that. Next question comes from Bill. We're The Ohio State players. I mean, obviously, we uh, the consensus is that Chris Olave and Gary Wilson be first round picks. I'm curious about the others, um, kind of mid-round, second-round, or, or mid-round guys, maybe starting with Jeremy Ruckert. If you could kind of address where you think those guys might fit. Yeah. Um, again, it's a, it's a good group. You start getting to uh, – you know, I'll start with Ruckert. You know, Ruckert's a, somebody didn't have a lot of opportunities there just in terms of targets. And, you know, only had 42 targets this year. Um, he's kind of a good, you know, true wide tight end, hand in the ground, um, not real flashy, not real explosive, but he can help you out in the run game and he's a reliable pass catcher. I, I gave him a grade that kind of puts him in that fourth round range, um, for this draft. I think it's a pretty good tight end draft. I don't think we have that, you know, there's no Kyle Pitts, but there is a ton of depth. Um, so I think that's probably about where he stacks up, uh, petite freer that the tackle is probably, you know, I have him more in that you know, third round, I wouldn't be shocked if he snuck into the second round, but uh, you know, he's got real quick feet. He can rework his hands. Um, I thought he just needed to play with a little more strength. He gets, gives a little ground versus power, um, but he's got a lot of athleticism. There's a lot of stuff to work with. Um, Tyreek Smith, I think is probably in that fourth, fourth round range. He's a, you know, he's talented. He's got a lot of twitch. He's got a lot of juice coming off the edge. He just needs to be a little more firm in the run game. He got washed a little bit too much with that. Haskell Garrett, which I've I've probably called him Garrett Haskell at least ten times uh, already in the in the draft process. So I'm sure I'm going to screw that up on draft night. Um, You're not wrong. Yeah, but he's uh, he's you know he's if you watched Akron, you think he was going to be the first pick in the draft. He loved playing the zips. He had uh, three sacks in that game and got after them. Um, but, uh, you know, he's somebody that I think is probably more of like a fifth round, fifth round guy. And same for Thayer Munsford, um, is, you know, where do you play him? Do you play him at guard? Do you play him at tackle? He's got good awareness. He just plays really high. And, uh, and that got exposed a little bit against some of the better competition. Next question comes from Eric Delala. Hey DJ, a couple questions on the quarterbacks. First, which quarterback do you think is ready to play now? And maybe who has the highest long-term ceiling? And then which of those guys do you think might fit best in uh, Nathaniel Hackett's system there in Denver? Uh, by the way, I think we were 32 minutes in before we got the first quarterback question. So that tells you it's a little different draft than uh, um, than what we've had. So that was kind of fascinating. But um, ready to play right now, I would say Pickett. You know, Pickett's got a lot of experience. Um, he, to me, is somebody when you watch all these guys and you kind of watch them all one after another, um, it's just different with how quickly he operates, just getting through progressions, um, getting the ball where it needs to be. He's not, he doesn't have, you know, wow arm strength. He doesn't blow you away with that, but he's, he's, he's got really good vision. He throws with anticipation and timing. Um, I think he'd be, you know, he'd be ready to come in and play right away. Um, in terms of the upside, you know, I, I don't know how you'd say anybody other than Malik Willis, just in terms of what he can do. Um, you know, once he gets it all figured out, but I mean, he's got a huge arm, uh, not real tall, obviously just a little over six feet tall, but he is built now. He is a powerfully built guy um, who can drive the ball. You know, he saw it at the senior bowl when it was raining and everybody else was struggling. He didn't have any issues whatsoever. This guy can really power the football. He can make off platform throws. He can create. 
Um, you can use the, the uh, you know, design quarterback run game with him. And, uh, and he's outstanding with that. It's just so strong and physical. So um, I think he would be the one with the most upside. And then the third part of that question, who fits best? Um, yeah, I, you know, I would probably, I would probably say pick it, you know, now, Matt Corral is really intriguing, but I would say just with how they operate and, uh, you know, what they want, want, to, want from the quarterback position, you know, I would probably lean towards Pickett as fitting them best. Next question comes from John Crick. Hey, Daniel, got to hey, ask what's up? about the Canadians. Um, <laughs> be moving up in the. In Mechie, the, uh, let's go. Let's go with Mechie. I figured you'd want to start with him, but also uh, Jesse Lakita, the Penn State edge. Yeah. And uh, from London, Ontario, Western University, Deontay Knight, edge guy from the Shrine Bowl, and any other Canadians you might have heard about. Yeah, I haven't done Knight yet from the Shrine Bowl. I don't think he's going to the Combine, if, if I'm correct. Um, sure. But I'll, I'll get to him. I promise you I'll get to him. You can hit me on Twitter, and I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Mechie is going to be a great value pick in this draft. Um, he is a ready-made slot. He's He is really, really a crisp route runner. He's tough. He's strong. Um, you know, the ACL injury is, you know, just a matter of where you take him, but I don't think his game was really ever built on speed. So, um, I think, yeah, I wrote down in my comparison, you reminded me kind of like a Mari Rogers type player, um, who went to the Packers just because he can, he can do a lot of different things, man. He's in terms of those whip routes that they ask him to run, he's outstanding at it. So, um, I would guess with the injury and a pretty deep receiver core, Golly, he might, you know, third, fourth round, maybe he gets in the fourth round, um, be a heck of a heck of a pick for somebody. And then Lucetta is, uh, you know, he's just a real versatile player. And I, you talk to some some coaches around the league right now and kind of where everything's going. We've we've been talking about positionless players forever. Um, he's a different style uh, when it comes to that in terms of what he can do, but he can do more than one thing. Um, so his ability to play off the ball, his ability to rush off the edge. I love the fact that the guy just plays with fantastic energy. He just has always bounced around. He's got a lot of juice. He's got a lot of life. Um, he's got really, really violent hands when he takes on blocks. You know, some of the change of direction stuff and some of the stiffness you're just going to have to live with. But I would say Luquette is probably a, you know, a third round type guy, probably in that range. Next question comes from Bob McMenamin. DJ, thanks for doing this, Matt. Uh, no problem. The general question really is is about the value of the combine itself still. I know it's changed over the years, but with all the technology that's been added for the league, I mean, Steve Kime was telling me that they use FaceTime more than they ever thought they would in their lives to get, you know, just to further interview prospects. Can you talk about the value that it still has for teams today and how much the combine has changed overall? Yeah, I still think it has value. Um it definitely has changed. And, you know, talked earlier about some of the guys that are coming out there doing their media obligations and then going back home. Um, but you also have the ability through, you know, like you were saying with FaceTime or Zoom or whatever you use to be able to get a lot more interviews and conversations with these guys. I think it's still valuable from the standpoint of, of watching these guys all move around on the field together. Um, you know, when you've got corners, and, uh, you know, you've got four corners that you've got the same grade on, you know, and, and you think they're potential starters. You have them all kind of in your third round stack and then they're out on the same field at the same time doing the same drills. Man, it really helps you. Uh, it really helps you be able to separate those and, and evaluate those guys just in terms of, of how they move. I've always said, you know, the combine, the all star games 
you know, they don't provide wild swings, but they can, they can, you know, break ties. And I think that's, there's still value there. And, um, you know, I think some people would say, well, you see everything on the tape, so you don't need to have the combine. And what's the point of the pro day? You have all this technology. Yeah. Well, you know what, if I watch a corner and he never plays press, um, I want to see how we, how he moves when he gets up in there. If it's watch a corner and he's always in a side turn, I want to see how he pedals. So you get in these drill sessions, you get a chance to fill in some of the gaps uh, for some of these guys doing things they haven't done before. You might have a defensive end that's 230 pounds and you got to write him up as an off the ball linebacker. Well, I sure as heck would like to see him do some linebacker drills and it helps for context to see him do those drills with other linebackers. Um, so I still think there's a lot of value to it. Next question comes from Tim Twenneman. Hey, Daniel, thanks for taking the time as always. No problem. Hey, I just, you obviously uh, mocked Aiden to Detroit at number two, but I'm just curious in your evaluation, what's the biggest difference between Hutch and, and Thibodeau when you watch and evaluate them on tape? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, I think Hutchinson just has more ways to get to the quarterback. Um, I think he's got more tools in that regard. Um, I also think he plays, you know, a lot harder on a consistent basis. I think that's a little bit of the knock on Thibodeau is there's times where, you know, the effort kind of comes and goes a little bit. You don't ever see that with Hutchinson. Um, I think both guys have a little bit of ankle tightness that that shows up. I don't think either one of them are elite, you know, bend at the top of your rush guys. Um, but I think that, you know, Aiden's showing a little bit more, um, you know, snap and explosiveness with his hands on contact. You see it in flashes with Thibodeau, but I think overall kind of the theme is that Hutchinson, especially on this year, when you compare those two guys, just – down in, down out, game in, game out was just more consistent uh, throughout the season. Next question comes from Doug Farrar. Uh, a couple of questions, one more general, one more specific. Uh, I mean, it's kind of with uh, Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. You hear some people say that safety isn't a premium position, uh, which I, I'm i kind of at a loss in, in today's NFL. Where yep. do you stand on the importance of a safety in any defense and then um, everyone's looking for the next Micah Parsons in this draft. Good luck. But is there a guy like uh, Devin Lloyd or someone else who could be that off-ball edge kind of hybrid right away? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not – I love some of the players in this draft, but Micah Parsons is pretty unique um, in that regard. I'm with you, though, Doug, on the importance of safeties. You know, I've been around some really good ones, and I – absolutely see the value. And I think today I'd argue that's more valuable than it's ever been because it's such a space game and you need tacklers. You need guys back there that can cover and guys that can tackle. Um, and then if you have the, the versatility to be able to do multiple things that cover in the slot or, you know, match up with tight ends. Um, I just think it's never been more important to have guys like that. You, you, if you got a safety that, that can't consistently cover a tackle, you are in big trouble with the way the game is right now with all the spread and speed that you're going to see. So, yeah, I'm with you. I know uh, league-wide you hear a mixed bag on that. I, I still think there's tremendous value with that position. Um, in terms of, like, the do-everything, you know, guys off the ball on the edge, Devin Lloyd is, is my first choice there. Um, he's, he's explosive. He's not going to run as fast as, as Micah did, but he's got length. He's got instincts. He's outstanding in pass coverage. Like if you watch the Stanford game, he's got a pick six in that game. It's pretty cool. Um, but no, he's he's somebody that can do a little bit of both from that regard. I would also add um, from Georgia, I mean, Quay Walker, can he can do some different things too. He's kind of a unique package with his ability to play off the ball and rush as well. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Next question comes from Antoine Staley. Hey, DJ, I know you talked about Kayvon Thibodeau a little bit, but also talk about uh, Verone McKinley, uh, Oregon, Prospect and also uh, Mikhail Wright and some of the other prospects you see as well. Sure. Um, I mean, McKinley's got a ton of production. That's for sure. Uh, I think what he got six picks, I believe. Yeah. I mean, he played. He plays in the middle of the field. He's got really good eyes. I thought there were sometimes he got a little bit greedy. Um, you don't get six picks without being willing to take some chances. So uh, there's times he gets a little bit aggressive. Um, you know, there's. Uh, uh, there's some missed tackles in space that bothered me a little bit. That's probably why I dropped him down a little bit lower, but, uh, you've got ball production. You've got somebody that plays, you know, plays pretty fast. So I, I think he's somebody that's going to, yeah, I would, where I have him graded, we'll see how this whole draft shakes out. Let's see him run and all that stuff. But I, I was, I have him more down probably in that fifth round range. Um, Mikel Wright, he's got a real slight build. Um, he's really fluid from off. He's, uh, you know, he, he's somebody that's it's usually in good position, except when he's looking at his wristband against Ohio State. And I think it was Garrett Wilson that <laughs> went right by him. Uh, he's got caught uh, peeking on that one. But uh, he's another one. Uh, I just think you want to see him be a little bit stronger, a little bit more physical. You know, you're talking, you know, fourth, fifth round for me. 
Next question comes from Tom Rock. DJ, I know we've we've seen the um, sort of the evolution of the tight end position a little bit over the last few years, bas- more basketball player type players and and guys who are explosive. You talked a little bit about Jeremy Ruckert. Uh, you know, how hard is it to maybe project and fit him into that role in the NFL based on what he was asked to, to, to do at Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, you got to see a little bit of it down at the Senior Bowl. You know, you get a chance to ask him to do some different things. Um, but, you know, he's – I remember seeing this kid at the opening, at the Nike opening, which was, uh, you know, for all the top high school players, we were covering that for NFL Network that year that he was coming out. It was Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. And I, I he stood out. I mean, knows him as a high school kid, uh, just his ability to, to really go get the football. So – you know he can do that. I don't think he's, you know, ultra, ultra twitched up and explosive. Um, but I think, you know, you want guys that are dynamic, but it's also it's, it sure is nice to be able to put your hand in the ground and, and actually be a friend of the running back and not just the quarterback. And I think he can do that. So I think that's where he's going to help his value a little bit. The numbers in the production uh, aren't great. But if you go and look at uh you know, look at the top tight ends in the NFL. And for the most part, you look at their production with guys like George Kittle. Um, it, it was a, it's a traits over production position right now. You're trying to find guys that have the ability to do those things. You don't necessarily have to have seen them do it, but you want to know they have that ability. That's why I, I could argue, you know, corners in terms of workouts and, and pro days and combine. I think corners have the most riding on it because you, you got to really be able to run there. I would say tight ends are second because it's really evolved into being a traits position. Um, you know, you, you get the traits and you can figure the rest of it out. Next question comes from Rich Samini. Hey, GJ, a jet question with four and 10. I guess one school of thought is that you have to do everything possible with your top resources to help your quarterback as much as possible to reach his potential. But you also have a head coach who's a defensive guy whose defense was 32nd in the league in most of the categories. <laughs> so if you're Joe Douglas, it might be an interesting dilemma there. How do you think Joe proceeds? Well, I think, you know, it's it's hard with any of these teams this time before free agency to say with any certainty they need to do this, that, or the other. I, I think they're in a great cap situation, and I think they've kind of positioned themselves to be pretty aggressive. So I would expect they'll be pretty active in free agency, and I think that might clear the picture up a little bit in terms of where they could go with four and ten. Um, but you know, there's the it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? The the bad news is you got a lot of needs. The good news is you got a lot of needs, so you can take you know the best players that are available in those spots. Um, but you know, I. I think they've got to come through this offseason. They've got to uh, they've got to get another playmaker to help the quarterback. I think they need an interior lineman um, to help the quarterback. I think they need a tight end to help the quarterback. Now, the good news is tight ends and free agency. It's a really deep, crowded group. The tight ends in the draft are a deep, crowded group. So I don't think they need to, to devote any early resources in the draft to, to get that problem solved. And I think from an interior offensive lineman standpoint, um, there's some guys in free agency um, that are interesting. And then you also have the prospect of, of getting guys on day two. Um, so when I look at their picks in the first round, I look at some of their remaining needs and I think playmaker, you know, a, a receiver would be interesting if you love a guy. Um, and obviously on defense, I think an edge rusher in a corner, I think those three positions, you probably get two out of those three. 
Next question comes from Jory Epstein. Hi, Daniel. The Cowboys have spoken a lot about Dan Quinn's influence on their personnel philosophy. I'm curious how much you factor that in when you looked at what you thought would be a good fit for the Cowboys this year and how you think he's influencing what they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, Dan is, um, I think when they were in, in Atlanta, the phrase that that him and Don, Thomas Dimitrov would always use was urgent athletes. You were looking for guys that were very, you know, just sudden, explosive, um, and pretty dynamic. And you know, Micah Parsons definitely fits the bill when you're thinking about those traits. When you look at him in this upcoming draft and you say, okay, defensively, you need a corner. Um, I mean, Kyler Gordon from uh, from Washington is somebody I think that would be very fascinating fit there because he's got the you know, size and length that you love. He's big time explosive. When you get to the combine, this dude's going to jump over 40 inches. He's going to run the four threes. Like he's, he's a pretty dynamic athlete. It'd be fun to see him on the other side of Diggs. Um, I think he would be a great fit there. And then I, I believe I've had Nicobe Dean um, going in there in, in some of these mock drafts, who is the definition of an urgent athlete. Now he might not have the big time size that you that you look for, um, but in terms of just playing with your hair on fire and uh, and playing fast from snap to whistle. He fits that. And then also the added bonus is you have all the intelligence and all the leadership. And I think you could take some stuff off of Parsons plate, maybe even free him up a little bit more uh, to do some more work off the edge. I just I, I would love to see that fit with Dan Quinn. Next question comes from Ethan Cadro. Hi, DJ. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I was looking at your latest mock and you have Washington at 11 going a different direction, not quarterback, despite all five being there. One, why did you go that direction? And two, which of the quarterbacks do you think is the best fit for the commanders? Yeah, I mean, it's just challenging because I don't – there's none of the quarterbacks just completely blow you away that say, okay, slam dunk, you've got to take him. Um, and I just think about Ron Rivera, where he's at in his career, and I look at some of the pieces on this roster, and I'm I'm just wondering if they end up trying to to go the veteran route. So when you do these mock drafts, you play with different scenarios. The first, the first one, and you do, you say, okay, they take the quarterback. What you know, this is how the path that they go down. Um, but when you look at you know some other options that could be out there from the veteran market, and you say, okay, if they were to go with the veteran quarterback, what's the play here? And if Scherf's leaving um, in free agency, which I think a lot of people expect to happen. Um, you're going to have a hole there. So, yeah, I think I had him. Did I have to take Kenyon Green, I want to say, is, uh, is who I had yeah. going there, who I think is the best – I think he's the best interior lineman in the draft who's got some real, uh, you know, some real power, some real strength. He can anchor down and pass pro. So, it's going to be fascinating to see who kind of blinks when it comes to these quarterbacks. I, I don't have one with a top 10 grade but I also don't have a, a dying need of the position personally in the Jeremiah household. So uh, I'm curious to see who the first team is to say, okay, yeah, we're all in on one of these guys. Next question comes from James Johnson. Yo, what's up, DJ? Appreciate you doing this and I hope all is well. So Thanks, man. You too. Yeah, my um, question is um, actually on the Jazz behalf. Um, and you spoke on the receivers already. Uh, so it, it looks like we know what they pretty much can do at first overall between, you know, Neil or one of the pass rushers that you've already talked on. But with the 33rd overall pick is my big question. Is there a wide receiver one or wide receiver two like prospect that has wide receiver one or wide receiver two potential, should I say, a prospect that would be available there at 33rd overall that you think they could get? Because clearly, aside from the offensive line, they need help at wide receiver. Well, we see receivers that are first-round guys 
you know, fall out of the first round every year. And part of it's just because we have the sheer numbers. Um, but if you look at the wideouts that have been taken in the second round over the last handful of years, you're going to see a ton of studs from, you know, the, all. And just look at old Miss. I mean, from from DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Elijah Moore, those three wide receivers from one school. Um, you know, Terry McLaurin, on and on and on and on. We can we can go through a, a Debo Samuel. Every year we see guys with with big grades that end up falling into the second round just because the sheer number of wideouts that we have. So. Um, yeah, they, they could end up getting a number one or number two receiver. I, I'm curious. We, we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, Jamison Williams, where does he go? Does he still go in the first round off that injury? Um, if he doesn't, you're the Jags. Shoot. That's you talk about the hitting a home run uh, when he gets healthy. You've got a dynamic player uh, for Trevor to, to work with here. So that would be kind of a slam dunk. No brainer. Um, you know, we've talked about Olave and Dotson. Does one of them fall out? I think Traylon Burks would be long gone. Um, yeah, a, a kind of a wild card. It might be a little early there with that first pick, but George Pickens from uh, from Georgia, who's had some injuries, is really really gifted. Um, so to me, I think you know I kind of thought he'd be more back end of two, but we'll see how he goes through the spring because that guy's he can really go up and get the football. He's he's just you know has that ability to play above the rim, and he's a pretty crisp route runner for somebody who's you know six foot three. So. He's an interesting one. I think those are kind of the names I would keep an eye on. After that, you're talking about maybe you slide down a little bit. You get into the David Bells, the Christian Watsons, you know, the Sky Moores, the Jalen Tolberts of the world. Yeah, you 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 pretty much hit the nail on the head of what I was thinking with Pickens. He was a name that came up. A uh, freaky athlete, kind of hurt by the, M, the um, ACL situation a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Williams, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people – say what they like about Trent Baalke, but Williams with the ACL injury falling to them, that's the ideal Trent oh, Baalke. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. Yeah. Everybody likes yeah. to have fun with the ACL with the Niner days, but uh, no, yeah. I, I don't think you'd have too many complaining Jags fans if they end up with Jamison Williams at the top of the second round. Thank you. Next question comes from Emmanuel Morgan. Hey Daniel, um, what, what do you think teams learned uh, last season about the evaluation process uh, without a draft? Um, and it's doing a pro days and how do you think they'll, they'll kind of apply it this year now that the combine's back? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I think really it's been discussed a little bit, but the ability to communicate with these guys, um, over zoom and be able to use that technology to your advantage, I think is something that's going to carry over in a big way. Um, uh, you know, getting a chance to watch tape and share your screen and go over video with players like that. You used to not be able to do that in order to have a film session with somebody. You got your 15 minutes at the combine and you had one opportunity to bring him in um, to the facility. And then maybe you go out there for the pro day and, you know, you've got 30 other position coaches that are trying to meet with the same kid the day before. So that can get kind of tricky. Now you, you can do it as you know, almost much as you want to get with them and and really get a sense for how, how they learn and and uh, and what you're seeing, what they're seeing, and how that meshes. So I think that's something you're definitely going to see carry over. And I, I think the the GPS stuff um, that's real. I think a lot of people relied on that. A lot of teams relied on that last year, and I think it's going to be again the case. That one thing I would say is there's a discrepancy on you know on some of the stuff that you get from different schools. Um, some of the numbers I've received from some schools, I. I'm not necessarily buying because it doesn't match up. I have a hard time believing some of these tight ends are faster than Tyreek Hill. So uh, some of that, some of that stuff, you got to kind of sift through and sort through. Um, but I do think the teams have their own, uh, you know, software that they've been able to uh, to use some of this GPS stuff off of the tape 
and trying to get real game speed numbers versus uh, just uh, what we might get at, at, at a 40. All right, that's going to do it for us. Hope you guys have enjoyed that. Again, another marathon there. Uh, appreciate Nabil doing all the editing there to get uh, to get that in a little more consumable uh, form. So appreciate you guys hanging with me on that one. Hopefully you're able to get a little something out of that. And hopefully you'll join us for our coverage uh, from Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. That's March 3rd through March 6th. Uh, we'll have all the workouts covered for you right here on NFL Network. So thank you guys so much for hanging with us today. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.